0: at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks for Carolina's, the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda, this is the Rowdy Maglite Show. Thursday night edition, welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show, guys. As always, I got Kyle Magnum all the way up in PA. How we doing, Kyle?
1: Well, Rowdy, we were doing good on Sunday at Port Royal Speedway, but unfortunately uh, Mother Nature has uh, interfered with those plans. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, the World of Outlaws weekend in Port Royal got canceled due to wintry, possible wintry weather. Um, still hasn't snowed here yet, Rowdy, but I'm supposed to get some, some measurable snow tomorrow. So, uh, we'll see how that goes, and... Uh, we got two big guests tonight, both of the Port Royal opening day winners. Uh, Dylan Sisney, the 410 sprint car feature winner at 7.05, 6.05 Central. And then uh, Dylan Stake, the super late model winner at Port Royal Sunday at uh, 7.20, 6.20 Central. So, Roddy, big show tonight. Uh, we've been killing it lately with the guests, and uh, we've been doing really good lately, so let's keep it going.
0: Absolutely, Kyle. Uh, we, we was able to get Brian Weber on uh, Monday afternoon. After it was an afternoon show, so we're gonna be, also be playing Brian later on. It's gonna be a, a full night of PA, talking PA dirt tonight, Kyle.
1: It's all PA dirt tonight, Rowdy. Uh, good to good to see uh, you know get get two good, really good guests, and uh, looking forward to having both of them on. Now that they're not racing Port Royal this weekend, uh, they'll they'll be on our show to talk
0: about it. So, Kyle, I'm headed down to uh, Pensacola for the uh, ASA Stars National Tour. The first series, it's got, the first race of the series is going to be at, at Pensacola, which is a great, great choice. Uh, couldn't pick a better place to start, to start the series at. Friday, uh, you know, it, gates open Friday at three thirty. It's pretty much practice. Uh, they'll have some uh sportsman feature and pure stock features up to late at uh, starting at eight o'clock uh the last sportsman feature then on Saturday at uh the Saturday Kyle kind of gets it all started that race is gonna be at one thirty so uh it's gonna be a day race on Saturday, so don't forget to check it out, Jim Trado. Uh, Map TV covering that,
1: Kyle. That should be good, Rowdy. I think uh, you know having Jim Trade and Ralph Shehe on the call, just like the old ASA days, uh, be good to have them back in the booth. And uh, looking forward to having uh, you know seeing those two back in the booth for those ASA races. And hopefully, it's a good show at Pensacola, Kyle. It's. Uh
0: that's, that's what time practice starts at 1 o'clock. So, yeah, that's going to be a, Uh And, Rowdy, we have practice. our first
1: guest here on the line.
0: All right, guys, I'd like to welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Dylan Sizznick. Welcome, Dylan.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys.
0: So, uh, congratulations on the opening and winning uh, at uh, Port Royal.
2: Yeah, thanks. It was uh, definitely a good way to kickstart the 2023 season.
0: So my plans last year was to make it to Port Royal, and it kind of got buffed out. But hopefully this year, uh, Dylan, I, I'm going to be sometime later in the summer where I'm going to make, hopefully, an appearance at, at Port Royal. But looking in at – you've got a lot at stake in, at Port Royal. You're the mayor of the city. Uh, how does that work, working with the fairgrounds and the raceway, Dylan?
2: Well, there's not, you know, too much uh, in my hands with that. You know, we're a a borough uh, in the town, uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. So uh, we have a council of people as well. So there's seven councilmen and women that help oversee all the ordinances and and rules and regulations of our town. And we have a really good group of people in place right now. So they... uh, you know take care of all the the day to day work between uh the town the residents the speedway and and everything else and uh for me, I get to be in more of a little bit of a backseat position and just kind of help oversee things and, and voice my opinions on on certain ideas and thoughts and and uh be there for some of the events in the public and our parades and things like that so it's uh really enjoyable I lived here for uh, almost 31 years now, of my whole life, and just really enjoyed giving back to the community. Well, what was it like winning
0: on the 81st annual showing at Fort Royal? What was it like
2: being in Victory Lane, that knowing 81 years of history before you? Uh, it's, it's definitely special. You know, uh, uh, we, we won opening day in 2019 uh, in, a, in kind of a similar fashion, a last lap pass, and and just, uh, it's always exciting to start the year and, and get in victory lane right away for not only your sponsors, but just your your crew and everybody else and, and get the season off uh, on the right foot. And, uh, you know, we had a great car. The guys uh, did everything right there for the feature. And, you know, we didn't take off the best and, and didn't get the lead at the start, but, you know, just uh, never give up and hung in there the whole time. And leaders got racing each other hard at the end and we were just kind of right place, right time type of deal. No, and
0: seeing some of what you, what you had on your Facebook, that you grew up watching that on your front porch and from your bedroom window, that that kind of be special to, to be able to know that you dreamed some day of being in Winter Circle and, and to be there at Port Royal.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a huge staple and uh, part of my life here of, Grew up on the back stretch of the town, you know, literally could look out my bedroom window and and see the racetrack and watch the races. And, uh, you know, as I got older, I've I've been here my whole life. So it's just a really special place. And it's been really great to just see the improvements they've made over the last uh, 10, 12 years now. And, uh, I'm excited to just be able to be a very small part of that and, and helping put on good shows for the fans. It, it just means a lot to even be part of it. Well, um,
0: doing when you look around and see losing the possibility of losing some tracks, just to have the support of the town and everyone behind the track, it's got to mean a lot.
2: Yeah, especially in this day and age, you know, uh, it's tough for for everybody to survive with a business, you know, not just racetracks, but uh, a lot of small businesses, so uh, you know, everybody has to work together and do what they can and and help one another and you know support businesses. The race fans need to get out and, and support all their local short tracks as much as they can, dirt, asphalt, you know the drag strips. You know everybody, everybody in the sporting world they thrive off the ticket sales. You know there's no way around it. So you know we're we're fortunate that we have a great fan base here, uh, not just at Port Royal but all of Central Pennsylvania. And you know traveling the country, it's it's just really remind you of, of how good we have things around here with the tracks we have, the facilities, uh, the race fans, and quality of races and teams around here. You know we're we're very lucky to live in Central Pennsylvania.
1: Hi, Bill, and you have Kyle here. Uh, first of all, I have to thank you for coming on the Rowdy Maglite Show. Um, big win for you on Sunday there. Um, just talk a little bit about the last couple laps. I know you you know we we we, uh, we talked about it after the race, but uh, the, the battle with you. Uh, Jeff Halligan and Parker Price-Miller, um, just take us
2: through those last five laps or so. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't really in the best spot that I wanted to be in. You know, at the beginning of the race, I was, it was very content to just ride in second, wait till we get to some lap traffic. But, you know, the way the the cautions fell there, I gave up second there halfway through the race and uh, let Parker get by me. And luckily, you know, Parker tracked down uh, Halligan there and uh, they got to racing and you just kind of are always in the catbird seat, whether you're second or third. You, you watch them guys, and, and, you know, eventually I think you just get to a point where you've been around it enough. You can kind of anticipate the moves that the guys in front of you are about to make. And, luckily, that's kind of the way it worked out. You watch them guys race hard and fly at each other. And, and uh, luckily, I just picked the right lane that they left open and, and kind of just uh, had everything fall our way.
1: So what's it like racing at Port Royal in the daytime versus the nighttime? It just, it seems like that, you know, you had the top working at the, toward the end of the race. Um, but it just, I don't, I don't know. Do you notice a difference at all, um, with that? And, you know, when you do race uh, day versus night there,
2: you No, know, there's really not a ton of difference. I don't think, uh, anymore. The track surface is pretty predictable at Port Royal. You know, it can definitely vary a ton through the night, but, uh, you know, usually by feature time, it's right up on the guardrail the whole way around if there's anything left up there. And and then it's just uh, always a nice wide facility, smooth. So you can just move around and and put the car wherever you can uh, make the most of it as long as the top's not too dominant. And that's kind of where it was there on, on Sunday. You could run the top pretty well in 1 and 2, but then there was uh, a little bit of rough stuff you could get a hold of in the middle, or you could roll the bottom really nice, and then 3 and 4 was just really nice and smooth and dead slick top to bottom, so, you know, that just really gives you the ability, if you have a good race car, you can uh, just really do what you want with it and make any line work.
1: So, you're part of the Posse. You've raced at Port Royal. You've raced at Seals Grove, Williams Grove. Um, I mean, where, where do you think the Posse ranks? Because they've had so much success lately. Um, do you feel like there's, like, kind of a rebirth of the Posse, you know, running as well as they have against the Outlaws, against the All-Stars, and being up against those uh, the Invaders and all those types of drivers?
2: Yeah, I, I think there definitely is. You know, there, there's been kind of a uh... – a big change on the scene of sprint car racing not only just you know us in Pennsylvania but the outlaws if you look at the last 10 year span um, this is my third what is it, 14th year in a 410 already so you know I've kind of got to see both sides of it you know I'm one of the the few around here that still got to race with you know Steve and Sammy and and uh, all those guys that were on the Outlaw Tour, and I and, uh, got to race with, you know, Fred Sr. and Keith Kaufman, Todd Schaefer, and, and all the big guys before they retired here in PA, so, you know, that's, that's the people that I cut my teeth uh, against racing when I started, and now uh, a lot of a lot of young guys are coming in and, and uh, gaining a lot of experience, and I think just as a whole, we're starting to all get more competitive again whenever we face the traveling series, so it's Uh, definitely kind of a changing theme but you know it's always good to know that we still uh hold our own against the invaders when they come into town
1: my last question for you is unfortunately winter weather strikes in pennsylvania in march and uh the weekend got canceled but uh but what i wanted to ask you was when you have race against the world of outlaws what's that competition been like you know the outlaws versus the posse uh it's uh
2: I mean, just the whole atmosphere of the events is just second to none. You know, it's, it's hard to explain really, you know, I kind of grew up being a fan watching, but then, uh, as you get to be part of those events, it's just, you really feed into it as a driver and you just, you know, you you lay it all out there on those nights, trying to represent your your home track and your home state as well as you can against some guys. But it's really neat to be part of it. And it is just some, some tough racing. I mean, if you, uh, don't bring your, your best equipment that you got. And, you know, you just got to run that car as hard as it goes all night long to just even have a chance with them guys. it's really competitive. But, you know, I think that's part of the reason why the the posse's always been so strong because we have a lot of races with the Outlaws and the All-Stars and all that type of competition around here so often through the year. It just really keeps all of us on our a game.
0: That's got to mean uh, a lot to the town and to the track to have the outlaws show up and, and y'all to put on such a good show.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, the weather didn't work out this uh, the way that we wanted it to this time of year. You know, we had a, a nice opening day, warm and sunny in the fifties. And then you turn around and, you know, it's supposed to get snow and sleet nice and, and everything here tomorrow and, and be pretty ugly for the weekend. But, you know, it was, as bad as I wanted to get this weekend in and run with them guys, you know, also looking from a from a team standpoint, you know, the, the weather is really hard on your equipment this time of year, especially your motors. And, and with the situation of, of the economy these days, you can't just turn around and get parts to replace things as easily as we were used to in the years prior. So, you know, you got to be smart. you you got to pick and choose where and when you're going racing and, and always do what's best know,
0: let's talk about the guys back in the shop that helps you go round and round there
2: at Port Royal and other tracks. Yeah, uh, all my guys at the shop, you know, they they did a great job that uh, got that thing to Victory Lane there on Sunday afternoon. Uh, my crew chief, Jim Schreiner, he's been with me uh, for years and uh, always keeps us all heading in the right direction. And then Adam, he's always in the shop uh, building cars, keeping things together week to week for us. and uh, Ethan, our truck driver, tire guy, you know, he's, uh, he's, uh, been a friend of mine since kindergarten. And, you know, we learned a lot of this together over the years before we'd even, uh, we were just sprint car fans and and started a team and, and everything with my mom and dad years ago. So he's been there the whole, whole step of the way. And, and now these days, uh, my car owner, Scott, you know, we can't thank him enough for everything he does for taking a chance on me as his driver. You know, he's, uh, the first, full-time car owner I've drove since our, our family-owned team, so uh, just everything he does for our team and my guys and, and giving us the ability to go out and race and do what we want and keep us in top-notch equipment uh, and all of our sponsors that, that help us out, too. You know, we got Valley Supply, Dryden, Gibbsville Cheese, Hawkeye Transportation. We brought Juniata Concrete on board, got him in victory lane for their first race this year. Uh, you know, HP engines, X1 race cars, Harley Trike. EPRS Physical Therapy, uh Pies, Rocky Rococo, uh, 87 Speed, TJ Forge, and there's probably more I'm forgetting. But, you know, it, it takes every single one of those people in the shop, the car owner, the sponsors, to uh, make that car get to the racetrack on a weekly basis. And, you know, I can't thank them enough for allowing me to do what I do.
0: Dylan, we appreciate it. Also, tell everybody where they can find your merchandise
2: online and to keep up with your season this year. Yes, sir. They can head to Uh, uh We just dropped some pretty cool new merch uh, last Sunday at Port Royal. So you can head online right now and check that out before it's gone. And we got a, a busy, long schedule for this year, so you'll see a lot of new designs and some cool stuff coming up for some special events later on this season. Dylan,
0: looking forward to coming up to
2: visit with you this year. Sounds good, guys. Hope to see you soon. All right. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, Dylan.
2: Yep, thanks, guys.
1: At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup
3: driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff.
0: And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize
3: I'm at the wrong
1: track.
0: All right, Kyle. The mayor of Port Royal. That was pretty good, Kyle. Yeah, I've, I've pulled a few rabbits out of my hat. Of, out of my head
1: a few, uh, the last couple of days to arrange all this. But um, did get to talk to Bill and Sisney and Dylan Stake after the race on Sunday at Port Royal. Um, we got to listen to that on Monday morning show. And um, just want to say thank you again for uh, for doing that, uh, for playing those clips. Um, something happened with the audio, but still we, we did get some good audio from that. So um, just want to say thanks to everybody at Port Royal Speedway, Justin Snyder, Steve O'Neill, Brad Strauss, for the whole gang, Earl Hoon Jr., um don't know who else i'm forgetting but um yeah that whole crew so um yeah uh, dylan Sisney, we got the winner uh, the first winner of the day uh at uh, port royal speedway on uh sunday march 5th and uh rowdy i know uh we're waiting here for uh dylan steak we'll just talk a little bit about him quick uh the super late model winner there at uh, port royal speedway uh you know kind of got a little closer toward the end rowdy but uh you know he was able to hold on uh the battle from like second to fifth got really close. So um, it was just a really, you know, it's a good thing. And I want to say a huge thank you again to Dylan Sidney for coming on. Um, I know we had Wing Nation with Steve Post on earlier this week, Rowdy. So I've been a busy guy, um, you know, being on doing radio and other media obligations. And again, thanks to Justin Snyder for helping us uh, get that, get get Dylan on tonight. So um, just big deal. And uh, Rowdy uh, Port Royal, uh, you know they gave they they let me in and you know I'm, I fell in love with the place, so I'm gonna keep going back.
0: Hey, I, I Kyle, you know I met Steve and and uh, Jason at Florida last year, and it was hard to get back into what we were doing, breaking away from them. But Kyle, we got our next driver calling in. And Guys, I'd like to welcome the winner of the Super Late Model at Port Royal, Dylan Stake. Welcome, Dylan.
4: Uh, Thank you. Uh, Good evening, and thanks for having me on the show.
0: So, uh, Dylan, your first Super Late Model race, and you led every lap in the race.
4: Yeah, uh, it was a great way to start the season. Uh, I mean, you dream of that over the winter to be able to come right out of the gate and have a good car and uh, be able to do that, but there's usually a lot more things that could happen but we had a pretty smooth night
0: what what was one of the big things that you had to overcome to lead every lap Dylan
4: I'd say lap traffic uh we had a really good car till we hit left traffic and then I kind of struggled struggled through them a little bit but uh I found a lane there to get through them and we was able to manage to get through them pretty good
0: so Dylan what's your plan for the year I mean, when you when you get a victory, that usually kind of changes plans because everybody seems
4: to want to be part of your, of the winner. Oh uh, yeah, our plan hadn't been the season was to race at Port Roll every week or at least when they have the late, late models there. So that that's not going to change. Uh, I mean, we're going to hit her mess some stuff here and there and talk about doing the Appalachian Speed Week deal and just uh, see how our year goes. We'll definitely be at Port Roll for every race.
0: Dylan, let's go back to how 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 did you get involved in racing? What got you wanting to be a race car driver? Uh,
4: pretty much ever since I was young. My parents has been around it and I grew up on pit crews and stuff and then I raced motorcycles and cyclones and quarter midgets and then finally in twenty fifteen I got my own late model and that's when my late model career started.
0: Well, uh you, you lead every lap in your first race. That's pretty impressive. Uh, when, when is the next race at Port Royal? I know they got rained out this coming weekend.
4: Uh, our next race will be March 25th, I think. Either 25th or 26th. Uh, the ULMS series is there. That will be the next race. Hi,
1: Dylan. You have Kyle here. Uh, First of all, thanks for coming on the Rowdy Maglite Show and nice talking to you the other day. Uh, First question for you is, uh, I know you and I were talking about it. You're no stranger to victory lane there. Um, You know, what was it like running the Super Elite model, uh, maybe against the Limited
4: Elite model like you normally run? Uh, Like I said, we dabbled around in the Supers. I ran one full season down there with the Super, and then we was waiting on motor parks last year. We didn't get to race as much Super stuff down there, but... uh, I mean, I, I've learned a lot. I mean, the Supers helped me with the limited and vice versa. And then last year we had a really good year in the limiteds. And I just learned uh, how to slow things down and be able to hit my marks and kind of use my feet to get around that place. Uh, it can be tricky at times, but uh, I think we've got a pretty good uh, package for down there, and hopefully we can use it other places too.
1: Have you ran anywhere else other than Port Royal? Um, I know you like, you know, you know, typically run Port Royal. Is there anywhere else you run in, in the late model?
4: Uh, Yeah, we ran second actually to Greg Satterley at Bedford last year for their tribute race. We actually led some of that. Uh, Also up at Dog Hollow, we led a ULMS show up there last year. And Path Valley, we raced there with the Super and a couple times at Hagerstown.
1: What's it like running at a track like Path Valley or Hagerstown? Um, Unfortunately, they got bit by weather this weekend. But um, you know, what's it like running that
4: places like that, like Hagerstown and and Path Valley? Uh, Path Valley is one of them places that I really like. Uh, it puts it in the driver's hands. You're up on up on the wheel pretty much the whole time over there. It's just small and puts it in driver's hands. And then you get a place like Hagerstown, and it takes it takes both. You have to have a really good car and you got to be able to use your feet good down there because that place is tricky. You race it kind of different than any place else you go to.
1: So, what was opening day like for you? Um, you know, you win on on Sunday. The next day it's snowing. So, um, you know what you know what's that like? You know, uh, to have at least decent weather for that race.
4: It was something different because usually the first one gets rained out or snowed out or whatever, and we actually able to get the first one in now. Now it don't seem like the weather's still cooperate here next couple weeks, but uh, it pushed my wash week back a good bit. I just got to wash tonight for the first time because the weather was kind of crappy all week. So my
1: last question for you is, uh, what you know, what 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 are your events coming up? Um, You know, have you had any desire maybe to run the World Outlaw Late Models or maybe Lucas? oil dirt late models, has that crossed your mind at all?
4: Uh, we'll get into that. When they come to come around here, we'll race with them. Uh, like last year, we was able to make the big 50000 a show at Port Royal to Lucas, but uh, when they come around here, we'll hit, but as far as traveling, we're just going to kind of be smart with what we do and uh, just pick and choose that makes sense, actually.
0: And, and you know what? Uh, that, that's really the best way to go at it, you know. You, you're, you're having more fun at it that way, aren't
4: you? Uh, for sure. I mean, it's it's hard enough anymore, especially around our area. You got Rick Eckert, Greg Sirely, uh, Ross Ross, and them guys that they some of them guys have done it and or have is doing it for a living that we race with pretty regularly around here. Uh, but I think it just makes us better as a whole racing guys like that.
0: Yeah. Well uh then what about the guys back in the shop to help you keep this stuff put together where you can weigh in?
4: Oh yeah, I gotta thank my mom and dad, uh they're the ones that owns the operation. I'm just the lucky one that gets the whole steering wheel. Uh and then my wife and daughter Taylor, Stephanie, and then my crew guys. I only, I only got two that's there most of the time, Derek and Doug. Uh but we definitely we – got a good routine, and we get things done, and we know how to work with each other, and we get the best out of what we have.
0: Uh, sponsors on the car.
4: Uh, yeah, i got to thank Penske Racing Shocks by JDS, Jim Stevens. He's a huge help. Uh, Barron's Race Engines, Tin Man's Auto Body, Colby Fry with Fry Co-Fabs, Wagner's Excavating, Dirt Rebel Clothing other Ungers Firewood, Wayne's Water Conditioning, Garlock's Used Cars, uh, Steve Baker Carburetors, Swift Springs, Winter's Performance, uh, the Hilltop, and just everybody else. It's any Anybody helps me out on with everything.
0: Dylan, man, we appreciate you coming and spending some time with us tonight. Tell everybody where they can keep up with your season this year.
4: Uh, on Facebook, on DSR Racing, and then as far as some apparel Dirt Rebel Clothing has our, we kind of teamed up with them on a shirt this year. Uh, you can find them on Facebook with Dirt Rebel Clothing. And then also DSR D 19 on Twitter. is. We put some stuff on there, too. Dylan, we
0: sure appreciate you coming and spending some time with us tonight. Good luck. This oh, yes, thank season. you.
4: Yep, thank you guys for having me and appreciate it. Thanks, Dylan. Yep, thank you.
1: Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate
4: All right,
0: Kyle. Uh, weather beating you down this week, but uh, hopefully I've got sunshine down in uh, Pensacola this weekend. It looks like it's going to be good on both days, Friday and Saturday. So, ASA. National Tour, Five Flags
1: Speedway, Kyle. Rowdy, I'm really interested to see how that goes. Uh, I know it's gonna. I know there's a lot of heavy hitters entered. Uh, you know, uh, I know the ARC East Race is March 25th. That's right around the corner as well. It's in a few weeks. So, um, but uh, Rowdy, we uh, you know we had the pleasure on Wednesday afternoon to again interview with uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Brian Weber. Now. What fascinates me about his story, Rowdy, before we get into his interview was, uh, you know, he hasn't made a series start since May 2003 at Nazareth Speedway, which is no longer, you know, it's still there, but it's it's no longer, you know, running. Um, But, uh, you know, I'm just fascinated by the story, you know, running Gateway, you know, running a few other tracks in his own car, or or, excuse me, for Carl Long. And, you know, now that the story, Rowdy, um, you know, reuniting with Carl Long this for the weekend, running the number sixty-six for MBM Motorsports. So, Rowdy, I mean, what, I mean, before we get into this, what, I mean, what were your thoughts of, of this interview?
0: Kyle, pretty awesome, man. I, I thought it was awesome.
4: Uh, I, you
0: know, you tell me, Kyle. I, I thought it was great.
1: I think it was really good, and you know, like I, I know you and I kind of talked about it. You know, it's nice having yeah. the, the, you know, the, the the Bush the 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 Bush drivers on from back in the day. I kind of like that.
0: Yeah. Yep. And our first driver today, Brian Weber. Welcome to the show, Brian.
3: Hey man, thank you for having me.
0: Man, Brian, you making your first or your first attempt back at? The XFINITY since not uh, 2003. Uh, that's kind of a little bit. That that car has really changed a lot since then. Have you have you have you got practice time in this car since then?
3: I hadn't made a lap in it. Um, you know, I've been, I raced last week in my open wheel modified, and I've been pretty active racing modifieds these last couple years, but uh, I have not been in a current Xfinity car. I did
0: run a couple of truck races in
3: 2010 and 12 at Phoenix and, and some other places.
0: Well, you don't have to really change much of that. We're back to the Craftsman, uh, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series again. And I, I like the sound of that. It's a truck
3: series. Yeah. Sounds like it belongs there, doesn't it?
0: It, it does. So, uh, Brian, you're racing a, a full season in, in the Modifieds get that's where you're getting all your state time, yeah, this season is gonna be that's kind of how this came about I'm,
3: this is basically my wind down season i'm gonna i don't say I'm never gonna race again, but I'm probably not going to do any uh full time racing beyond this season i mean this is my fortieth year making circles, and uh I'm running the smart modified tour in the southeast here and also the carolina crate six oh twos when When I'm not in the smart modified, I'm going to run my great car.
0: Brian, you know, if I had tracks to pick out, Phoenix would be in the top five. Why Phoenix be your first start back?
3: Well, I actually went just for a social visit to Mr. Carl Long, who I've been friends with since he drove our trucks back in 10. And I was just chatting up with him a little bit about, uh, you know, this being my last season and, Next thing you know, we're you know he didn't have a driver for a couple events, and next thing you know, I called NASCAR to see uh, what their pleasure would be me coming back after this time out of those cars, and I wanted to start back a little bit later. We have a lull in the season with the Smart Tour uh, in the in the summer months because they they uh, they allow the uh, Bowman grade modifieds to uh, run weekly, so I wanted to go to Nashville and, and a couple other places, but. They wanted me. NASCAR wanted me to go to a track like Phoenix or something, you know, a little a mile and a quarter or less first. And, and you know, the next opening in the car and me was Phoenix. So I hustled it up. There's a lot of work to be prepared. As, as you know, there's a lot more than signing your name
0: on a license application like it used to be. And with that being said, uh, Brian, physically, how are you getting ready for that? Because that, that 200 miles is going to be a tough 200 miles well last saturday i, rode, I ran uh,
3: from lap thirty four to lap ninety one in an open wheel modified with six hundred horsepower with no power steering so i didn't knock the wall down driving that car and uh, i i'm pretty physically fit i i i'm I'm in a contracting business as one of my businesses and uh i stay i stay pretty active so uh i feel good about it I, of all the things, that's probably the least thing that I'm thinking about going out there. It's not going to be super hot. I mean, I've raced when it's 100 degrees. And the weather's supposed to be nice, so I feel good about it. I feel good about that part.
1: Hi, Brian. You have Kyle here. First of all, thanks for coming on the Rowdy Mag Light Show. First question for you is uh, – your last start was at Nazareth Speedway in 2003 in the Xfinity Series. Uh, what was it like racing there, uh, knowing that the track is, is no longer uh, no longer running?
3: I like Nazareth. I had a couple, you know, good runs for me at the time. I mean, you know, back then I didn't have a lot of money to race, but I was I was doing it, and uh, I enjoyed racing that place. We had finishes there. Um, I I've, I've, I guess it's probably. You know, the mile-and-a-quarters, Gateway, the Milwaukee Mile, New Hampshire, Phoenix, those places get comfortable quicker for me, more than likely because I haven't run as much on the real big tracks. But but Nazareth was a fun place to race and a great facility.
1: My next question for you is uh, you run Modifieds in the South a lot. Uh, What's the competition down there like? Um, You're up against the Myers Brothers. Um, other drivers, Tim Brown, um, just to name a few. So, you know, what's what's it like being down there running the modifieds? You know, the the, the Smart Modified Tour. Uh, you got, you know, hats off
3: to Chris Williams who runs that show, and uh, and uh, the, you know, they're for the most part, the majority of the Smart Tour modified drivers are all class act. They they race pretty clean. We put on a good show. You know, it, it doesn't matter what race and series. I've raced in so many different racing series over the course of my life, but there's always going to be great race car drivers at every level, and and that Smart Tour is, you know, it, 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 there's a, a dozen people or more that could win every week. I finally just uh, feel comfortable that we, I could actually say that we're going to have good finishes this season. We didn't have a great finish, but we had a great race car this past weekend. I brought some new help in. And uh, that has a lot of tenure in modified racing, and I feel really good about going back. And I'm actually going to fly back from Phoenix on Saturday night, and I'm going straight to race my modified at Caraway on Sunday for a 100-lap Smart Tour modified race. But they're class act. I mean, drivers are you know great race cars. Gary Putnam, the Myers, the breed we said there, they great race car drivers. But we also got Ryan Newman joined us this year, and of course Bobby Labonte was with us a couple of years now.
1: So my next question for you is, uh, you know, the connection with Carl Long. Uh, what, what, what really made you want to come back? What, what, what made you want to compete in the Xfinity Series again? Well, you know, again, I, I wasn't looking for
3: a ride when I went to Carl's shop. I was just looking for lunch. I, uh, I just stopped over and, and catching up. We've been friends since he drove my trucks and Daisy Ramirez truck in 2010. He helped us with our program. And uh, we've maintained our friendship. I guess more than anything, knowing this is my last season, you know, I'm I'm healthy, but there's a lot of things. I've traveled around the world with my businesses, and and I'm a blessed man. I can't say I'm not. Um, I'm launching a new product, and uh, just a few weeks prior to that, uh, talking to Carl, I I worked on getting that product in manufacturing. But the reality is, is when I made my last race, I never thought that was the last race, And now I'm, you know, I'm in the right state of mind to say, okay, I'm going to step away from the sport as a driver and and on my own terms, the same way that I started in the business. I'm not from a racing family. I'm from the suburbs of Long Island and I wanted to race stock cars and I did every way, shape, or form. And if this is my last event, then it, you know, it's on my terms. And uh, I think that's probably more than likely the, the, the reason that I've, uh pick this one, and again, I'm not sure that I won't run again. I may run two or three events this season, but this will be the end of this the uh, big track racing.
1: so my last question for you is, um saying you're from long island um you know who you know who who were some of the drivers maybe you looked up to in that area growing up uh you know maybe- maybe some of the modified drivers uh you looked up to oh well, you know i my racing. <laughs> my racing
3: career or experiences have, have been all over. I've been so blessed as you know, I grew up on Long Island. So, I mean, Charlie just was a hero of mine. I interviewed him when I was in high school for a book report He's a, you know, fierce modified competitor. Tommy Baldwin senior Bob Park was my, my chaperone. Was the very first time I ever went to uh, Daytona speed week when I was 17 years old, I was actually in the, in the, in the hotel room with, bob park and uh we did the modified zen the arca car at daytona so uh you know a lot of those modified drivers were my i don't know if heroes the right word but i admired them tremendously and of course i moved at 18 19 years old i started racing the bush north series so i started competing against chuck Bown and jamie obie and dick mccabe and beaver dragon and bobby dragon these are huge names in the northeast the full body cars so they taught me a tremendous amount, and Brent Hatch was my mentor and helped me get my Bush North car from a four-foot snow drift to a racetrack in New Hampshire. So I've been very diverse and, and a lot of mentoring along the way uh, and a lot of people that I've learned from.
0: Uh, and with that being said, don't you think that's kind of shaped into work, being able to do what you want to do this weekend at Phoenix? being around and being shaped with all those people in your life? Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, I I, I would never have been able to accomplish any of the things that I've done with the people around me. Um, Again, I work very hard for a living, and uh, I have good friends, and Carl thinks that I can get the job done, and and I'm grateful for that. And I think I can get the job done, too. Again, I've made a lot of circles in these 40 years, and uh, I've been around that track hundreds of times, so... I think we'll be okay, um, and I, my, you know, our goal is to get in the race, race all
0: day, and 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 see what we can get out of it. Well, let's give a shout out to the guys that's going to help you on your uh, Smart Modified Tour all season long.
3: Uh, my guys, that you know, Ernie Ruggiero and and uh, Paul Stevens and Joe Hoffman. He drives from New York all the way down to the Southeast to help on the car on you know every Smart Tour race almost. Uh, you know these guys have have done it great we've learned a lot in the last couple seasons Um, you know Austin Zivich he helps on a he works part-time full-time on a truck team but he works with us on the modified and helps get it ready so can't do it without him I mean I'm right now I'm 300 miles away from my shop and I got to be there tomorrow uh, to you know oversee a few things and then tomorrow evening I fly to Phoenix so I couldn't do it without them getting things ready for me and and have the confidence to know that when I get in the car next week on after flying in on the red eye, that all I got to do is buckle up and go racing. So it's a, it's a good feeling to know that they're going to take care of me.
0: Brian, let's talk about sponsors. It's going to help you make, make you go round and round and then where they can keep up with you this season. Wow. Well, to be honest with you, the only sponsor
3: is me through my my entities, my construction business. We do retail construction on the Eastern Seaboard and and uh, some specialty contracting work. Um, and on, on on another note, you know the last option bed is something that I just started only a couple months. I was flying back from South America uh, a couple months ago, and I wound up spending five hours or six hours sleeping on a concrete floor in Miami Airport, and I was like, you know, this is ridiculous. I've been all over the world and American airports really are not they're not made to sleep overnight or even spend that much time they're not comfortable in any shape or form so I had thought about this years ago so I decided I was just going to take action and uh I swear I you know I had the vision in my in my in my dreams that I was going to build a purpose built air mattress that's you know, some people say, hey, that's a pool float, and, you know, it was before we started changing the way it's welded, plastic welded, the materials is made of. But we wanted to make an air mattress that weighs a little bit more than a pound. You could buy it at the airport or take it, you know, we'll have it online at Amazon in about four to six weeks. We've already got our samples. We've already got our website, lastoptionbed.com. And, you know, we've already got the phone ringing. through my other retail businesses, I've already made, you know, some outreach to retailers uh I'm hopeful that you know by the end of this year we'll have it in a couple major retailers including Amazon and hopefully you know one or two of the big pharmaceutical chains that has a little travel section but uh, th- there's no reason for people in this country to to sleep on the floor I mean it's just we-, we shouldn't have to do that and I'm I'm too old to sleep on concrete floors so I uh I just said I'm going to make an air mattress and it's going to be affordable it's TSA compliant and uh it's going to be available soon so we're excited about that.
0: Brian, I've I, I actually come through there getting information about you saying that and thought about all the nightmarish stories that we've been hearing lately, especially with Southwest Airlines it's all of a sudden everybody just dropped the flight. And you're stuck at there Oh, yeah. And if yeah, you don't I mean, know your ride, and, you know, good, they're going to walk on you.
3: Oh, yeah. And, you know, a good friend of mine called me up when we started talking about this. He said, Brian, is it don't limit yourself to airports. He said there are, there are millions of people sleeping outside for other reasons. You know, this this tragedy in Turkey, there's, you know, the 40,000 people who have passed away. Well, is almost a million people have lost their homes. And, uh, you know, my mattress is not intended to be a long-term solution, but, you know, if, if you can ship somebody, 10,000 or something and it's, it's compact and it's durable, you know, to get them through or build a, a bridge to the next bed. Uh, then there's an opportunity to to help them. you know, the, on our Southern borders, uh, you know, there's homeless problems in every major city there, you know, there are a lot of other things that, uh, that can be used for. And, you know, we welcome all of those people that, you know, want to find out more information about it. Again, it's, it's just something I felt like I had to do. I, I, I don't know why nobody else did it, but I'm not going to ask anymore. I'm just going to make it. Our product is already in production, so we're excited about it.
0: And Brian, tell everybody where they can keep up with you, season this year on social media sites.
3: Well, I mean, you can follow me on uh, Twitter and, and Instagram. It's where's Brian W. Um, my Facebook. If, if you want to send a send the message to me. I'll like you. I mean, I'll, uh, become friends with you. I do a fair amount of stuff on Facebook. Um, my website is Brian dot life, which is basically an overview of all the things that I'm involved in my racing and my beverage business that I'm getting ready to relaunch, uh, my construction, just, just a plethora of things that I've done and been and people that I've, uh, done partnerships with and such. But, uh, Social media is, is where's Brian w at Twitter and where's Brian w at uh, Instagram as well as Facebook but uh more friends the merrier I try wow, to uh, balance you. the humility with with the uh, the activity with the humility because I try not to uh just make everything about the greatest things because life does have a lot of uh, dark moments that we have to overcome.
0: Listen, it's how you overcome the dark ones that makes you appreciate the good times.
3: Well, I'm a believer, and it took me probably thirty uh, 50% of my life to understand what that really meant. I was always a believer, <laughs> but I really, truly become a, a lot more of a believer in these last few years, probably the last six, seven years. Uh, but now, uh, you know, we can do all things.
0: So... Brian, thanks a lot. Enjoyed it. Said a few things I needed to hear, my friend. Thanks a lot, and uh, enjoy this weekend at, out at Phoenix. Uh,
3: again, thank you so much for you and 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 your co-hosts and uh, your 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 listeners, and you know, just didn't, never give up. You know, we do. We're, I'm a simple guy from the suburbs of Long Island, and I wanted to go racing, and I did it. I mowed grass, and I hung
4: sheetrock, and I.
3: I did what I had to do to get to the southeast, and I realized I wasn't rich or good-looking. I had to just keep working, and uh, here I am getting ready to close out my, my racing career, and I'm going to do it this week. Again, with God's grace, we'll have a good finish, and, and we'll move on to finish up the Smart Tour season in the Carolina crates. and Next year, I'll be giving you a call back from uh, the Caribbean or something.
0: Sounds great, Brian. Thanks a lot. All much. right, Have sir. a good day. You too. Thanks, Brian. All right, Kyle. Brian was really a great, great interview. Good good guest, man. Uh a lot of knowledge. The end of his career. Uh I, I appreciate him coming out. Great I like this Kyle. story, Rowdy. Yeah. Tonight uh all about the Royal and P A group. So uh a lot of a lot of good racing going on up in P.A., Kyle.
1: Rowdy, right, it's been a good time. Uh, you know, we'll get into opening day Uh at Port Royal Speedway. Uh, thankfully, the weather cooperated. Uh, Lincoln got their icebreaker in on uh, Thursday and Sunday a few weeks ago. So, good to see that. Uh, Freddie Raymer going 15th to 1st at Lincoln on Saturday, uh, the day before Port Royal. Uh, finished 6th to Port Royal on uh, Sunday in the feature, the 410 feature. So, Um, I want to say thanks again to to Dylan Sisley and Dylan Stake for calling in tonight. Uh, Thanks to Port Royal Speedway for helping us promote the show. And, uh, you know, uh, just a a big thank you to the track uh, for letting, you know, let us cover their their track and the World Outlaws and the All-Star Circuit of Champions, you name it. So, Rowdy, uh, looks like uh, my next race um, at Port Royal is going to be... Saturday, April 29th, Opal Wheel Madness 1. That's with the 410 sprint cars, the past 305 sprint cars, and the USAC East Coast Wingless Sprint. Uh, Probably going to stay the night and then uh, go back to Port Royal the next day and see the uh, Lucas Oil Dirt Lake models uh, go for $10,000 on Sunday, April 30th. So uh, that's kind of what my racing schedule is looking like here coming up. Uh, Grandview Speedway, their season's kicking off April 1st. Uh, Might try to get to that. you know, they you know, announced Thunder on the Hills back with their racing series with the High Limit series with Kyle Larson and uh, also with PA Speedweek. So um that's what's kinda what's going on, Rowdy. Um in the northeast. Uh, you know, glad uh, we get some outdoor racing back in and uh what a treat it was to see uh Dylan Sisney and Dylan Stake both win on a on a Sunday afternoon. So um got home in a decent hour or two, so that was good. So, every, every, you know, we you know it's just good to be there and uh, to see, you know, the cream of the
0: crop, uh, the PA Posse show up. Well, Kyle, like I said, I'm headed down to Pensacola to the Sunshine 200. Well, it's called Sunshine State 200. And that's, uh, Kyle, you will be able to stream that, from what I read, off of Race in America, stream that live on Saturday. That's a 7.30 start. Stars National Tour, and I'm, hey, Kyle, I'll be sending photos, uh, catching some of the drivers, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing something sa- uh, Monday morning, talking to a winner or two.
1: That'd be nice, Rowdy. Uh, we got to see who we can get. Um, you know, we've been doing really good with guests here lately. Uh, you know, getting to all the top five from the Daytona Arca race, that was really good, and having the port royal winners on tonight it kind of made up for uh, that cancellation this weekend so um you know uh, just hope everyone has a good weekend uh you know phoenix coming up the the arkham menard series uh with the general tire 150 on friday night on live on fs2 um 8 8 p.m eastern at six at six local there and then on the nascar xfinity series on saturday followed by the cup series on sunday so uh, Rowdy got a lot of racing going on this weekend. Uh, IndyCar yes, um, got their season kicked off last weekend. Uh, Marcus Erickson getting the win. Uh, some contact between the leaders late in the race. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you know everything's back in gear and glad uh, you know to see some racing again. And I think Sebring's coming up too uh, for IMSA. I don't think that's too far away either. So there's just a lot going on, Rowdy, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to you know talk about it.
0: Looking forward to it, Kyle. Till Monday morning, man. We'll get this, we'll get this, this moving on here later on tonight.
1: Good show, this Rowdy. Uh, you know, doing great Thanks, as always. Tom. Yes, sir. Hey, World of Outlaws is Talladega short track in two weeks. Don't forget about that.
0: Absolutely. Got to, got to put in for that, too.
2: Right.
0: All right, Kyle. It looks like a plan, man. They, they got the track ready. Got the new water.